Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show. Hope you're having a great day as we continue to every single day to celebrate the men and women who are working so hard to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, we have a great guest today, but before we go to our guest, I just want to share with you, you know, at the beginning of the the, the, the previous iteration of this show, COSU, now the Ricky Matthews Show, I had uh, I had uh, a lot of inspiration uh, from a friend of mine. Her name is Stacy Waldrop. Her her husband Terry and I have hunted and fished together for many many years. We're just real good friends. We went to went to school together, and Stacy is a is just such an inspiration. But she would post these wonderful statements from time to time, and then as I shared them, other people started sending stuff to me. So I get a lot of stuff from different people. I try to share as much of that as I can. Uh, but every now and then I got to come back to Stacy because she she will she she is a uh, just a terrific person, and uh, here's one that she posted this past Sunday and I thought it was just terrific. I, let's see, it comes from Quotes Cafe. Don't wait for things to get easier, simpler, or better. Life will always be complicated. Look for small opportunities for happiness in the moment you are in right now. Otherwise, you might run out of time. We can't often choose our circumstances, but we can better control our reactions and emotions. Choose small moments of joy. You know, I, I talk about this all the time on the show, but, you know, as we, um, you know, we're still in January, lots of New Year's uh, resolutions as people focus to improve some situation related to them. But one thing that I, I constantly talk about, and probably I need to tap into my guests more around this, about how, how are they doing on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of living in the moment? How, how, much, how good are they doing in terms of choosing the small moments of joy that are in their lives, or are they moving too fast? Listen, as a former CEO, let me tell you, I know what it's like to move fast, and uh, which is one of the reasons why in 2016, we set a course to, for me to retire. And it took about a year and six months for us to put the transition plan in place. I was so lucky to work for uh, the, the Newhouse family for Advanced Condi Nass later in my career. And what an incredible family to work for. In fact, I enjoy staying in touch with them today. But uh, we put, a, we put a, a plan in place because I had uh, I'd gotten to a point where I could retire. And I said that if I ever reached that point, and I'm not. I'm moving a little bit too fast to enjoy the moments, especially with grandkids coming and all that. I was going to to uh, to go in another direction, and I did. And I never looked back, to be honest with you. Uh, but boy, the opportunity to be in retirement to enjoy those special moments are really important. Uh, you know the story. About four years after I retired, I had an opportunity to do this show. I thought about it for a while. And I've really enjoyed doing it. As I've said many times, it gives me the opportunity to connect with the community. And I've enjoyed that. That's the one thing I miss about being a publisher. I don't miss P&L responsibility. I don't miss HR issues. I don't miss any of that. But I really, really, really miss connecting. And so the shows and Cammy and Kyle and I have done over 900 conversations since we started this show. And it's been a real blessing. And it's been a chance for me to share things from people like Stacey Waldron. 
that can uh, that hopefully inspire you as we all try to figure out how to choose those small moments of joy in our lives and not pass them by to learn to better live in the moment. So I thought that that quote from Quotes Cafe was terrific, and I wanted to share share it with you today. So now let's shift gears. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, I've had many many conversations with my friend. The mayor of uh, Gulfport, Billy Hughes, we've we've worked together in the community in so many iterations of our lives. And Jace Payne, you know, has joined me many times. But um, and then, of course, Leonard Papania, uh, who was the chief operating uh, uh, chief administrative officer of the city. He's retired now. So now I'm had the, the pleasure of having the new CAO, the chief administrative officer for the city of Gulfport, Wayne Miller. And I look forward to telling this story. Wayne, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Listen, I I, I kind of had the opportunity to see you while I had my opening comments about choosing the small moments of joy in our lives, but I saw you smile a couple of times. Uh, you you strike me as somebody who doesn't lose the joy. You know, we have one life, you know, and and we need to live it to our fullest. And that, that's what I try to do. You know, I've, I've got a wonderful family, wonderful work family and wonderful friends. And, you know, we just we just need to live life to its fullest because we never know when we're going to not have that opportunity to keep going. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, your wife, Jennifer, and you have two kids, Chloe and Colin, 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 excuse me. Yes, sir. Um, but, you you know, you uh, yeah, I could tell in the way you you wrote about them that family is really, really important to you. And someone asked me when I was, uh, when I had left the Sun-Herald, that's another decision that was hard to make. Took me months to decide to leave the Sun-Herald. But when I left the Sun-Herald to go to work for Advanced Condé Nast, uh, we had dual residencies. So initially we kept the house here in, in the coast and we kept the house in Mobile. And then when I went to New Orleans, the same scenario, lived in the warehouse district and had a house here in, in Gulfport. And they asked me, how, how, you know, moving fast like that, how did you do it? I said, well, I never got sucked into the vortex of thinking that I was a big shot. You know, I never, the, you know, the all the trappings that come with being a CEO for a media company, it's, they're there. But I just never got infatuated with that. I, I man, I always put Ann first, I always put my kids first. And I always worked to try to find that balance. Anne was incredibly supportive of my career. You have to have a strong wife when you're CEO of a company, as you, you're learning, as you will soon learn in the role that you're in now. But, sure. you know, that was important to me. I've always put family first. And, you know, when you put family first, you can you can find a lot of success in your life. If you don't put family first, somewhere down the road, you're going to be a miserable person, most likely. You know, and I know people are hearing this and they, they can relate to what I'm saying. That's for sure. Um, but anyway, congratulations for you for, for being able to sort of find that balance. Hey, listen, before we go too deep into our conversation today, for people who have not heard my conversations with chief administrative officers for other states, uh, for other cities, that is, and who have not heard Leonard and I talk before in the past, why don't you we'll, we'll tell people what the chief administrative officer role is in the city of Gulfport, but then we're going to kind of freeze up for a second, and we're going to come back to you know your path and what brought you into that position. But tell us tell us a little bit more about what your elevator speech is for your job. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you know, as chief administrative officer. It's, it's, it's a lot different than what I was currently doing as the 
director of public works and city engineer, because now, you know, I'm overseeing all departments of city, of the city, um, which, you know, when I was in, on the other side of the public works engineer and I had 24 employees and then a lot of contract, but on this side, it's, you know, over 600 employees with a lot of contract employees. So, you know, it, it, it is different, but, you know, it's mainly just overseeing the city and helping the mayor um, go through and, and further the goals that he has set forth for the city. So we, we kind of look at it as, you know, I'll do my best to run the city. And then he handles, I guess, you know, the marketing of the city, letting everybody know how good Gulfport is, because Mayor Hughes is phenomenal, at, phenomenal at doing that. Um, you know, he loves Gulfport. I love Gulfport. He and I, I think are going to make a great team. We have been a great team um, over the years when I was, you know, on the public works engineering side. And I'm just really looking forward to this opportunity to have that I have to work with him at a different level to see what we can do to keep progressing Gulfport further. And, you know, Leonard Papania did a great job at that. And so did uh, Dr. John Kelly prior to him. So I've got two big sets of shoes to follow when it comes to, to the job that I'm currently in with Gulfport, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Dr. John Kelly, man, Whew. man, <laughs> he stood the test of time and, and helped help bridge a gap between three administrations Goodness gracious, you know, the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, working with Brent War, who I have tremendous respect for, and then working with George Logal, what an icon he was, what a legacy he leaves behind in coastal Mississippi, and then Billy, and then to Billy. Um, you know, that, that was a steady force there for so many years. So to be able to call on, of course, Leonard was there while John was there, yep. and uh, his long history in law enforcement, but... Uh, and and I might add his work in the community, especially in areas like the homeless community, et cetera, very important to him. But yeah, you've got you've got some big shoes to fill there, my friend. Yes, sir. I was I was actually messing with uh, Leonard the other day. I saw him and yeah, I kind of told him the same thing about the shoes. And luckily, I wear a size 15, so I was kind of giving him a hard time about it. I said, "Man, you can put your shoe inside my shoe." <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a lot of truth to that, but at the same time, you can you can take all that they did well, and you can put your fingerprints on it. You can, you know, you can be the next John Kelly, standing the test of time over numerous administrations. So that's what you hope. You know, you you want. You know, I think the change in political leadership is a reality. You're gonna have you're gonna have mayors. You're gonna have city councilmen that are come gonna come and go. But if you can have a chief administrative officer who sort of keeps, you know, kind of the glue that keeps it all together, keeps the, the culture right, keeps the city, you know, being focused on economic development and all the things that you guys do, um, that helps everybody. It helps everybody. When there's a lot of change in that position, that's actually not a good thing. <clears throat> hey, listen, when we come back on the other side, we're going <clears> to <throat> dive deep into Wayne Miller's past. You know, where did he grow up? Where did he go to school? How did he decide to go into civil engineering? You know, there's a lot to talk about, but I look forward to learning more. I know you are as well when we come back on the other side. We'll see you after this.
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Ricky Matthews Show with with uh, my new friend, Wayne Miller, who's the uh, Chief Administrative Officer for the City of Gulf Warrant. I love diving deep into the uh, very cities of coastal Mississippi. I like to talk to fire chiefs and, fo- and police chiefs and administrative officers and mayors. And uh, from time to time, we'll even have a council person on. So it's really good because, you know, a lot of, yeah, I used to say about politics, all all politics is local. And that is definitely true when you're at the city level. Hey, so uh, anyway, Wayne, again, I appreciate you joining me today. So where did you grow up? I I grew up in the big town of Socher. Wow. So you're from the country. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not the country anymore, though, is it? You know, it, it, it seems like it's not. You know, you still have some roads up there that, you know, just going back to uh, where my dad lives, it's not like it was when I was a kid. You've got houses growing up everywhere, um, but it, it's still home. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's special. When did you know you went to University of Alabama, uh, South Alabama? But when did you know you wanted to do civil engineering? Uh, I would probably say I was in my first year of college and, um, you know, going through all the basic classes and I was doing kind of sitting back thinking, what do I want to do with my life? And I wanted something that allowed me to be inside and outside, but also something that that was prestige, you know. And so as I was looking through the curriculums, you know, kind of looking at universities in our area, you know, civil engineering just kind of hit, you know, it's like, man, that that gives me the opportunity to to deal with inside stuff, outside stuff. Uh, you know, I had a you know basic concept of some construction stuff, and it gave me the opportunity to further like, further that. And South Alabama is not that far away, you know, right on the other side of the state line. Um, so I, I was I looked into their curriculum, and that's what I decided to go with. South Alabama, for people who have not been there, they don't they can't appreciate just how significant that school has become. I had the the honor of working with the the previous. Uh, president of South Alabama, now deceased, when I led the oil recovery efforts for Governor Riley after the oil spill. And that was just a volunteer position. We developed a plan, had over a thousand people involved in the effort, but he led the the uh, the, the healthcare sector of, uh, of the discussion. And man, you're talking about commitment to like build the stadium and all the improvements they've made in South Alabama. It's it's a true competitor. And you know, I th- I'm a Southern Miss graduate, and if and I think about uh, Southern Miss, you know, from a football point of view, for example, and as South Alabama became more relevant in the football world, uh, a lot of the recruits that otherwise probably would have gone to Southern Miss. Now, in the day of NIL, I don't know how that would play out today, but. Uh, they went to South Alabama, and you built a pretty good football team. I'm assuming you still pay a close attention to, to, to the school, huh? I do, yes, sir. Um, you know, I, for, for for years I had season tickets went over for football, occasional baseball game, um, but I do follow it. Not as much as I want to, um, but, you know, they got a lot going on. The campus itself, you know, when I was there in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and then you go there now, and it's completely different. You know, yeah. it's amazing what happens when you bring football in, the amount of money that comes with it. So they've definitely spruced up the campus and made it more inviting to, you know, potential students. Yeah, it's and it's it's a rather large campus with a lot of students. Incidentally, Jamie Miller, who's the CEO of the Gucko's Business Council, 
we actually hired him to work with us uh, to work on the health care team. And he worked with the president of South Alabama, who was the chair of that committee. Uh, he actually worked with him. So Jamie Miller has that connection. You know, it's interesting. It's a small world, man. And, of course, you know this well, being in the positions that you've been in in public works. Um, what goes around comes around. People who burn bridges amaze me because it's a really small world, isn't it? It is. Yes, sir. Okay. So you, uh, so you got your degree in civil engineering and when did you land in public works? Because, let me say real, real quick. I'll say something about public works. It ain't always sexy, but as we learned after hurricane Katrina, uh, having uh, me having the opportunity to work with governor Haley Barber on the governor's commission for, for recovery, rebuilding and renewal, we came to appreciate how important infrastructure really is to the future growth of a city. And not only did we have to rebuild infrastructure, but we had to also rebuild it in a way that would enable other things to happen. So as the, as Kenny Holloway, the mayor of Ocean Springs said, you know, once he, he said, it definitely ain't sexy, but if you don't do it, you're not going to have an economic development effort. Uh, you came to know that early in your career, didn't you? Yes, sir. I did. I did. Um, so I came to the city in, in March of 2009. Um, I was working on the private sector doing uh, subdivision design at the time, and then a position came open. <clears throat> What's kind of funny about that is I actually interviewed with the city in June of 06 as well, and I almost came to the city three years earlier, and uh, something come up on the professional side, and I had another opportunity, and, and I went that route. And now I wish I would have come to the city earlier, but I did get some experience that I did not have that I think has helped me um, when I did make it to the city. Um, but I came in as a, a staff engineer um, level. And then within a year, I, I moved up to the assistant city engineer. And then when uh, Mayor Hughes took office, uh, he and I had a meeting. And uh, the, at that time, engineering and public works were one department. And he had uh, decided to separate the two and then asked me if I wanted to be his director of public works. So I, um, I took that and, you know, we, we just really, really moved public works even farther than, than what it was. And I'll tell you, public works was in great shape with the, the you know, previous leadership. So we were able to just move some stuff along and being separate like that, where I was able to concentrate on public works instead of, you know, like prior to that, the guy that was over public works was also over engineering. So it kind of, you know, having to deal with two different departments. And then so we did that. And then I think it was around 2020, 2021, uh, we decided to take the departments and put them back together um, when we had a, a retirement in the in the, you know, on the city side, the director of engineering. So then I became public works and engineering, uh, which is like it was previously. And then just continued to run that. You know, we've done a lot of great things between the departments, just, you know, public works and engineering in Gulfport has always had great leadership. Yeah. And so you, you can see that just based off of the projects that get done and how the city's running on those sides. And then so then, you know, we get to where we're at now, you know, Leonard uh, Papania, which, you know, 33 years, I think it was, decided to go ahead and retire. And then that position became available of uh, the chief administrative officer. And I can tell you, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Two months ago, three months ago, never crossed my mind. And then, uh, you know, as the position became open and, you know, I started doing some talking, my wife and I were talking about it um, even before I even considered, you know, having that conversation with Mayor Hughes. And she told me one thing that uh, that really kind of stuck. She used to work at the power company and she said one thing they tell you at the power company 
is if a position above yours comes available, you always take that opportunity and, and try to, to move your, make yourself better and go for it. And I, I actually told the mayor that when he and I were having a discussion about it. And so uh, everything went well. And as you, as you can see, I'm, I'm where I am now and working along Mayor Hughes to just make the city better. Hey, listen, it's interesting. I think, uh, you know, if you're thinking about the, the, the experience you got in civil engineering before joining you, you, you before joining the city, you mentioned that it was good to get that experience. <clears throat> I think it was excellent to get that experience. I mean, sometimes you got to work a little bit in the trenches. You know, got to get deep into it. And a lot of learnings. You, you probably think, look back on it now and, and, and realize Man, was that important time. You're cutting your teeth. You're really understanding what a civil engineer really does. You're practicing, and you're getting you're getting better. Because I have a son who's a lawyer, and what he says about law school is it teaches you how to think. But not until you actually do it do you, do you actually become a lawyer. And the same thing's true of an engineer, an architect. Not until you actually get out in the world and start actually – actually drawing it all up in in the and in, in the finite detail that is required do you really earn your stripes i mean it's true isn't it it really is um you know i'll tell you when i was wrapping up my final semester at south alabama i was working for a firm in hattiesburg because i lived in hattiesburg at the time um with my wife and i had just recently gotten married and you know I, I was working at this firm and they knew i was you know one sem- one class out from being a graduate engineer and I did not get to do engineering work for my first year there. They threw me on a survey crew Mm. and they said, as a civil engineer, you need to understand the survey aspect of engineering before you can be an engineer. Because as an engineer in the office, you ask a survey crew, Hey, I need this. You know, you may not know the proper terminology to ask the survey crew chief what you're needing, but if you've done that work, you know exactly what you're needing at that point. And you can relay that message more clearly to the survey crew as to what you're needing so you can go ahead and design that project. Well, my, I, have a, I have a brother-in-law who was a civil engineer, and I remember one Sunday, one Sunday, one summer, I worked on a survey crew, and uh, that's grueling work. You know, you you know you do those kind of jobs though, you know, because I enjoy being in the outdoors and whatever. But that's grueling work because it's very specific, and it was before there was all this technology, so there was a lot of manual labor associated with it. But uh, I, I look back on those jobs and and I think about it this way that I learned what I didn't want to do. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what those jobs are about. That's for sure. That's right. Hey, listen, when we come back on the other side, we're going to continue our conversation uh, with the chief administrative officer, Wayne Miller, for the city of Guphorn. I'm going to talk about, you know, it's interesting because you, you think about public works and the American Public Works Association. Um, Guphorn's uh, gained some specific designation that, you know, when you do accreditations, accreditations are important because you go in and you have to learn aspects of the work that maybe you didn't know before. And it just broadens your institutional knowledge and it can ultimately make you better at what you do. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And then we'll actually shift some gears and talk about some projects they're literally working on as we speak. We'll see you after this break. Passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend, uh, the Chief Administrative Officer for the City of Gulfport, Wayne Miller, 
And when we went to break, we were just talking about uh, the path that he went through to get where he is today. I have actually an interesting headline for this part of the conversation that I want to share. And it's simply that when you see that under your leadership, the city, the Gulfport Public Works Department got these accreditations, this really important accreditation. And you you are also recognized by the Mississippi State Personnel Board uh, for the work that you did as well. What I what I wonder about, and we'll come back to this in a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the, what I wonder about. I'm gonna tell you a quick story, and then we'll come back to you. But I wonder who your mentor was. Who was it that was helping you think about this stuff? Because in my case, I was at the Sun Herald. I look back, and Roland Weeks, who was the publisher, president publisher of the Sun Herald, Roland saw things in me that I didn't see in myself, and really mentored me. He sent me to some of the best schools in the nation, man. If I give you the list, you would be blown away with where all I went. Um, he also encouraged me to get involved in, for example, I was named uh, the director of operations at the Sun-Herald in my 20s. I look back on that, and that was in the 80s. You you know, you just didn't do that back then, but he did. You see, you hear more young people getting opportunities today, but back in those days, you really didn't hear about it that much. But he really encouraged me, for example, we were building a new building and installing a new press, a really high tech press for what for for a newspaper our size. It was a millions of dollars of investment that we were making. He encouraged me to get involved in the users group. It was Rockwell International is the company, and the Goss Press is the press that we had. The long story short, I got super involved in the organization. I ended up becoming the, the the national president of the organization. And along the way, we realized that we had never incorporated that so, so that would give the board of directors protection. It actually got incorporated in Gulfport, you know, of all places. But the reason I was involved is because because Roland really encouraged me to be involved. He he. He encouraged me to go sort of on this lifelong uh, journey of lear- of learning, and um, and so that's how I learned. That's how I, that's how I learned getting involved in these different organizations, seeking accreditations, et cetera, et cetera. You did that too, and where where did you did that just come from? You know, a dream that you had, or did someone along the way mentor you and encourage you to to go all out? So, you know, that's a good question. Um, So I can tell you that, you know, when I first came to the city, um, we had tried to go through the accreditation process. Um, But one of those times was during that um, nasty word, Hurricane Katrina. And so everybody knows what happened during that time. And, you know, and then uh, the the process was tried, you know, tried again in, you know, the 2009 time frame. And then, you know, you had the economy wasn't looking too good. And so you wanted to kind of do other things with what money and time you had. Um, so around, you know, 2014, 2015, you know, that's something we, we wanted to do. And I can tell you the, uh, the, the people prior to us had really set good uh, background for us in getting the processes and everything in place that we needed to do. So it was more of a paperwork thing for us at that point, just putting everything together uh, making sure we had all the correct policies, that we followed the policies, that we had proper documentation for the policies and practices. So, you know, we had a, a we, we brought in our team together and we explained to them what we were going to do. And we had a complete buy-in from our department. Uh, we had buy-in from the city administration and city council. So that right there gave us to go ahead and, hey, let's do this. Um, so we had a, a good internal meeting and we set some deadlines we went through and we met those deadlines. And so in late 2016, we became the 118th 
a agency in the United, you know, yeah, United States to become accredited through the APWA, which is American Public Works Association. And I can tell you right now, I think there's still maybe in 178, 179 agencies out of 40,000 cities and towns throughout the country that have that designation. Yeah, well, that's that, that's exciting. I think the only one in Mississippi. So, yes, so, um, but let me drill down a little bit further. Who who were your mentors as you kind of came through your career? So, um, you know, you know, I'll just talk about on the Gulfport side. You know, I came in and Chris Raymond, who you probably remember, he was the director of engineering and public works for a while. Uh, he and I hit it off from day one. Uh, we we had a great working relationship. Uh, became became great friends, still are to the day. Uh, you know, and, and some of these things was, you know, some stuff that, that he actually put in place as the director of public works that was going to make Gulfport better. And we still use those th policies and programs and, you know, stuff in place that he did. So I, I would say with my career at Gulfport, you know, he was a huge mentor for me. And, you know, especially because I was coming in from the outside, I knew subdivisions. That's what I did. You know, I was a subdivision designer. And then I knew nothing about municipal government or, you know, or, you know, on that aspect. So, you know, he kind of took me in and we, like I said, we worked really good together, even when we split and I became to the public work side and he was on the engineering side. side he and I still managed to work, you know, the as good as we could together to keep, keep progressing forward. So I, I would say him, you know, on the Gulfport side. And then, you know, obviously a mentor, you've got to say your wife. You know, she's always pushed me and, and wanted me to, to, to be the best that I can, um, you know, and, and it's been a sacrifice for her. You know, she she's had to be taxi. She's had to be chef. She's had to be dad sometimes, you know, when I'm not available with I'm working. And, and she has taken that role and knocked it out of the park. And like you mentioned earlier, we do have two kids. I've got a 19 year old daughter and a 15 year old boy. And I just couldn't be more proud of what they've become. And that's because they've had mama who's also pushed me has also pushed them. Well, that's, that, that's, that's, that's really cool. So, okay. So you get, you come into this role as the chief administrative officer. You know, I often say that life's a journey of, of discovery. And the more we learn, the more we better learn how much you don't know. You probably come into there, this job is thinking, gosh, I got a, I got a lot to, to sort of comprehend rapidly. Um, it's, how's that going for you? Uh, it, it's going, um, I, you know, I think one advantage that I have is the fact that, you know, I have been with the city for, I'll start my 15th year in March. Um, so I've been here. I, I know, you know, a lot of the people at the city, all, you know, directors, city council, I, I came in around the same time that the majority of our city councilmen did back in 09, I built great relationships with them. Um, and, and I think that is, you know, an advantage that I have. But also coming from the public works and engineering side, the fact that I have the knowledge of all of our, you know, capital projects that we're getting, you know, ready to start on and have been working on different phases of. And hopefully some of these are actually going to be breaking ground this year. So we're really excited about that. And that's that's just, a, you know, of all the many things I do, that's with my new position. That's one thing that I think I was able to bring with me is just my knowledge of the engineering and public works side over to the chief administrative side. Hey, listen, one of the things, um, I, I think I mentioned this in a conversation with Billy Hughes along the way, the mayor of Gulfport, for people who don't know the name. Um, Chavis Wetman and I went up to Charlotte, North Carolina once to meet with a 
a planner. His name is Michael Gallus, incidentally. We actually hired him to work with us in Alabama on the oil recovery planning effort. But Michael was a, a planner, and when, when uh, Chavis and I sat down, we looked at the Gulf Coast, and the first thing he did is he's looking at this big map. He stands up at the map, and he says, okay, you have a port. Then he says, okay, you've got rail. Then he says, you've got interstate highway, and he starts kind of drawing, and you've got a coastal community, and he started, He said, man, you've got a lot to work with. I mean, a lot to work with. You think about the role the port has played in Gulfport's history, and then you think about the emergence of the blue economy and what's happening there. Uh, I think that the, the city was incredibly resilient after Hurricane Katrina, you know, building out uh, a, a sort of a new vision for the harbor, uh, the Barksdale Pavilion, finally getting clarity about Jones Park, which for so many years had been a lack of clarity and a little bit of rub there about what the Jones family really wanted and what the city and maybe others might want. But we got clarity of all those things, the emergence of the aquarium. We'll talk about the tram, you know, the emergence of the tram and how that's important to the city, et cetera. But um, then you think about mixed use and what's happening downtown and more more restaurants opening and pe more people living there and big projects planned and residential development and whatever. You know, when when you think about the city of Gulfport, it has a lot going for itself. It has a foundation for success. That's got to excite you in your work. It, it does. You know, um, we are second largest city in the state, but, you know, you look at Highway 49 and I-10, that's the second busiest intersection in the state of Mississippi. I mean, you've got, if you're going pretty much anywhere in the southern United States of America, you're driving through Gulfport, Mississippi to get there. And so we have a lot of visitors. We have a lot of development coming. Um, like you mentioned, restaurants. We have the hotels. We have, we have all that's coming to South Mississippi, to Gulfport. And so we're just going to continue to grow and, you know, just make this, you know, make this a place to come. You know, we're tourists. People want to come here. And so we want to make sure that we do stuff that that, that entices them to keep doing so. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, on the other side, we're going to we're going to get the latest on the uh, tram bridge that I mentioned a few minutes ago. We'll talk about a cut the other project. All the legislative sessions underway. By the way, thinking, thinking about that busy intersection, I was at the area around Sam's recently, just like we had to do at the San Gani Boulevard in the Iverville. Boy, I can't wait for a resolution to that traffic mess up right there. But, you know, it's just part of growing. You know, you got you to go in there and solve those problems. When we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Wayne Miller, the Chief Administrative Officer for the City of Gulfport. We'll see you after this. to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. We're having a conversation with uh, my new friend, Wayne Miller, the Chief Administrative Officer for the City of Gulfport. We'll have him back again to talk about specific projects as they come up. But this is kind of the big introductory show. It gives uh, citizens, not just in Gulfport, but across the state, an opportunity to see what makes cities like Gulfport tick. Hey, we went to break, you know, boys, around Sam's right now, that's that's a bit of a traffic nightmare. But when you have success, when there's tremendous development, I mean, always traffic is part of the problem 
and you got to find solutions to it. And you guys have been thinking about that for a long time, haven't you? Yes, sir. We have. We've had a project on the books for quite a while now. It was a land and road widening project. Um, so, you know, we're actually in the final engineering phase and it's more just getting, you know, a couple of permits that will allow us to widen land and road from Highway 49 over to Coleman Road, which is just on the west side of Sam's. That project um, will definitely, I'm not going to say definite because we, we know how that goes, but th that project should start construction hopefully sometime in the summer. And we're really excited about it because it's definitely going to help people get navigate old 49 Sam's Daniel Boulevard into Highway 49 better. It won't be fun while it's happening, but it's a good solution. Same thing for prime outlets. You know, you got you got you know this this cluster that takes place there. But again, this is part of success. You got to go in there and solve these problems. You know, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, we don't all get to lay out all of our infrastructure in the hope that all the possible economic development opportunity happens. Oftentimes, economic development will happen, and then sometimes you just have to have you know infrastructure react to it. Um, man, I tell you, the the tram bridge opening is going to happen soon. That's a that's a, such a dynamically designed thing that's going to connect parking and the aquarium to uh, Jones Park. That's an exciting development, isn't it? It really is. You know, it, it, it's going to set off, or it is setting off our downtown region. If you haven't seen it, it is definitely worth the drive by. Uh, they, I believe they have the letters up now as you're driving through. You can see where it says Gulfport on the tram itself, which is right over the median of Highway 90. Uh, but it's 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 definitely a safe way to move people from north to south and south to north over Highway 90 without having to go through the traditional crosswalks along the, you know, along the highway itself. And it's a beautiful view once you get up there and you walk across it. So really excited about getting that open Um I actually should be here pretty soon. You know, they're working on some final punch list items, but the project itself is beautiful and it, it, it definitely works well and connects with the aquarium and the downtown region. Yeah, so, I think so too. As far as infrastructure, there's a lot going on, but I will mention before we move over to the legislative session, uh, the Dito Road upgrades that, that are about to happen. Yes, sir. Uh, we, we were able to secure funding with the D with MDOT Mississippi Department of Transportation through Gulf Regional Planning Commission. And, um, we will be working on the first section that we have funded will be from 605 West, about a quarter mile. And then that will allow us to get, you know, that area widened up, uh, allow for the intersection improvements, but also intersection improvements for North Park, which comes in from the South, which is where the car dealers are and gives better access into Dito Road. And then, you know, we're always looking for more funding to continue this thing West, but that's the part, that's the section that will, that will start first. It'll be about a quarter mile West, from 605 to the West. What's your main legislative uh, priorities? You know, it's great to have a mayor that was a Senate senator, not only a senator, but a leader in the Senate, understands the inner workings of the Senate like, like nobody's business. But what's on top of your list? So we've got a couple of things. You know, we've got... Um, Oh, you know, we've got the wastewater treatment plant, which, you know, we were able to secure some funding through ARPA and, um, and then, you know, some DEQ funding to go with that. So we've got some of those projects that are, that are going to be breaking, you know, breaking ground, hopefully, well, it should be this year. But the, the main goal is to take the south plant, which is over there by the golf course, by the airport, turn that into a large lift station, and then push that to the north plant, which is up there by the Harrison County Jail, and expand that where we can, you know, kind of 
instead of having two have one, the south one just needs some work, and it's just yeah. it's, it's more cost effective to move everything north. So that's going to be our big push. Uh, you know, we've got a um, potential elevated structure we want to put down in the harbor, which is around the old uh, uh, White Cat building down there. Uh, we want to do something like that, which would allow for, you know, potential restaurant or whatnot. Um, definitely something we're trying to push this year. And then, you know, we've got some other projects. Uh, we want to push some soccer complexes uh, throughout the city. Uh, we want to go, you know, try to get some more funding for some of these road projects. But we've got a lot going on, and uh, you know the, the legislatures have been very, very nice to us. Uh, you know, uh, over recent years, and we're very fortunate to have them. We've got great relationships with them, and uh, so we do work with them and provide information to them as we go along, and and you know, just hoping they can find some more money to send down here to Gulfport for us. What's interesting is that you know I have a I have a, the lieutenant governor on the show pretty regularly. He also joins me on my outdoor show. He understands, man. I, I tell you. And I'm sure the new speaker's there too. We, we, in fact, we we're working to get the new speaker planned uh, for a show here soon as well. But when Delbert's on the show, man, he, you talk about someone who gets infrastructure. He he really understands the role that infrastructure can and will play to help Mississippi reach its potential. And so you've got a willing partner in, in that conversation. I know. And of course, again, when you have a mayor that's been there, done that in this in the legislature, boy, he really does get where uh, where the energy needs to be that's for sure hey listen it's been a it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you my friend i hope you uh i hope you all the success uh, get jace to reach out to me if you have anything you want to share with folks i'll be willing to, to be here for you that sounds good uh, i appreciate you and thank you for the opportunity to talk with you you bet this has been uh, the chief administrative officer for the city of guffport wayne miller it's been a lot of fun i've enjoyed getting to know him better have a great day and we will see you tomorrow a super talk mississippi media production